With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, welcome back to another episode of the same old Arsenal team talk. I am your host Dan Potts and I've got a fantastic smile on my face tonight and I can't think (laughs) why. We're going to go into why very, very shortly, but I am absolutely delighted to be welcoming back Sophie Nicola from Harby Squad. Soph, how you doing darling? I'm doing great this morning, thanks very much. There's a great saying in Friends, a line that says, I can't remember who says it, but they say you look like you slept with a coat hanger in your mouth and that's you today. Um, and I know why. <laughs> Absolutely, you know why. And I'm loving the hair, Soph. Absolutely loving the oh, hair. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It's my first haircut since COVID started. And this used to be my hair. I, I do the old, you know, I put it in the effort bucket. You know what I mean? Hair grows back. And so just got rid of it all. So, yeah. Thank you, though. Good. Matt, you're welcome. And it's great to have you back on. Always a pleasure. Uh, back again for the Arsenal-West Ham game, of course, is our legendary West Ham friend, Dan Lawless, from the West Ham Fan TV. How you doing, bro? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Enjoying the season, of course. So, yeah, I'm loving it. And like you said, the exclamation point, obviously, is is Spurs' uh, tears <laughs> that are falling. And uh, I've been there like, uh, like in Shawshank Redemption when he's outside and in the rain <laughs> and just the tears falling down and just soaking it in. So, very good. Do you know what? It's, it's funny as well, isn't it? Because obviously we've got you on to talk about West Ham and it could not be more fitting than to start with what happened last night. And do you know what, Dan? I'm going to start with you because obviously, you know, me and Sophie would have been watching the Arsenal game first of all, thinking what is going on with our football team again? We're looking shambolic. It doesn't look like the players really were too bothered. And I think most of their kind of heads were, we're already through. And let's turn up and hope we get the job done. But then I turned it over and I was watching it with my dad and he said, oh, you know what, Zagreb made it 2-0. And I said, oh, let's watch extra time. Let's see what happens. And I just could not believe what I was watching. Dan, I don't know if mm. you watched the game, but I know you're not an Arsenal fan. I know you support West Ham. You certainly hate Tottenham as probably as much as we do, if not a bit more, some West Ham fans. Talk to me about last night, man. What, what was going on? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was as as the the phrase goes, Spursy, wasn't it? Like, absolutely. Uh, it's it's one of them things of you don't expect it, but you're not surprised. And you know, I don't think any of us are truly, truly surprised because it is such a, a Spurs thing to do. And from a team that you know back in November were proclaiming themselves Premier League champions, and then now have been dumped out by a team whose manager was in prison. Um, it just, I mean, it just highlights. I mean, look, you go back to the performance they gave against you guys on the weekend, you know, just complete apathy, just unbelievably one of the worst performances I've probably seen in the league all season um, against you for a North London derby. I, you know, I couldn't believe it. So when that, when you take that and then you take that into this Zagreb game and then thinking, feeling like they've already gone through and they're better than what they are. I think that's the problem. That's probably what they looked at, to- at Arsenal. They thought, oh, Arsenal were 10th, isn't it? They're, they're crap this season. We don't have to be up for it. Like, there's something severely wrong 
in that dressing room and uh, long may it continue. Well, it's funny, isn't it, Soph? Because we all laugh and we all start to giggle when we see results and Spurs going out. But people might think that a neutral, why, why would Arsenal fans care about what Tottenham do? I just want to ask you, Soph, why is it so... Mm. So why is it so much for us? Because a lot of neutral fans, like Liverpool fans and you know Everton fans, Newcastle fans, and other fans of clubs, they're like, "Why do Arsenal care so much what Tottenham do? And why do Tottenham care so much what Arsenal do?" <laughs> and I and I and I kind of always answer it in the fact that well, because Tottenham throughout the whole season, particularly this year, have been very vocal when they were won the league in, back in November, when they got to the stage of you know Bale was coming home, Mourinho's going to win them a trophy. And now it's starting to collapse again. And it's just quite funny, really, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's there's certain rivalries that are friendly. Like Liverpool and mm. Everton is a bit of a, I say that loosely, but it is more of a friendly mm. rivalry. You've got people in the same house and you you tend to have that. I mean, my brother's a Spurs fan. I'm, I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan. My dad's a Man United fan. My sister's a Man United fan. But there's something underlying about certain rivalries. Like Manchester United versus Liverpool Liverpool is a fiercer rivalry than United City or Liverpool-Everton. Celtic Rangers is a, a hatred rivalry. Um, and I think Tottenham-Arsenal is that. And I, mm. I, I believe the reason why we are so engrossed in their results over the last period is because they've been better than us in the league. They've finished in better positions. They've been in the Champions League. But also... They've always been labelled this um, team that can win the Premier League, can win this, can win that. And then they, in the end, they don't win anything. And I think it's the lauding of the media and this pedestal that they've, they've been put on uh, by the media, especially the golden boy, Harry Kane, and then Sun, and, you know, this destructive trio that was supposed to destroy us at the weekend. And it just never quite comes to fruition, no matter who the manager is. And there's a systematic institutionalised problem at Tottenham about this Spursy thing. I think it's become a, a cultural issue for them. So we revel in their demise and we revel in all of those things because we're a media target. We're a dartboard. We have been for years. We were the great Arsenal that have fallen from great heights, Dan. And so now to see their demise and to see them crash the way they have, it's as pleasurable as winning. It's really bizarre. I saw so many people say that last goal by Zagreb, they celebrated it as much, you know, as we, as our goal, as our penalty um, by Lacazette to win the game in the North London derby. So it's this arrogance and this perceived idea that they're a great big club and they've not quite lived up to those expectations over the last five years that people have been lauding them for. I just love it. You know, I just love seeing this. This is just what makes me smile. Just for the pure fact that, you know, we see that Harry Redknapp said they were going to win the league. Bale was coming home. Spurs were going to win the league back in November. How about that new stadium, Dan? That new stadium. The new new stadium. You know, they sacked Poch because Poch just wasn't going to win him anything. Even though he got into a Champions League final, (laughs) they sacked him. Get Mourinho in to get him in. This guy is on an amazing amount of money and they cannot get rid of him because it's going to cost him an absolute fortune. They're going to have to wait until 2023 now. They are. They're just stuck with him. That's what's even, even better. And Mourinho can come out and be as cocky as he wants, you know, just before the North London derby and say, I don't look down, I only look up. Well, I tell you what, he certainly wasn't looking on BT Sport 1 at 12 o'clock this afternoon to see who his team have got in the next round of the Europa League. So that's the last laugh from me, I tell you that. To lose the North <laughs> London derby and then get binned out of the Europa League, that is the got to be one of the worst weeks as a Spurs fan, I tell you that. Yeah. Um, on that note, I'll just finish with you, Soph, before we start to talk about West Ham with Dan. Obviously, the draw, um, I would say that was very kind to Arsenal. Would you agree? Listen, no game's easy, but we're on the right half of the draw, in my opinion. We're going to avoid the likes of Manchester United and and, um, and until the final. So let's see, let's see how we how we get on. As well as we've played against United this season, I was happy to avoid them in the next round. I think that was important. Would I have preferred Granada? Maybe, but they they've kind of, they're playing like a, a bit like a Porto back in the day, you know, what Mourinho's Porto that surprised everybody, Atalanta that surprised everybody last season too. Slavia Praga are a bit of a dirty team, and we've seen that. And we're gonna need to roll up our sleeves and be really smart about we about how we play against this team. That was a really poor example of um 
what men playing the beautiful game against Rangers. I mean, the the, the challenge on the Slavia Prague keep, keeper was a disgrace. Uh, but what happened after that, with regards to the the, the alleged um, racism and the fight in the tunnel, I mean, this is a team that is going to fight to the death. Uh, so we got to be really careful. They're a bit dangerous. But with that said, I'm happy we avoided Unaya for now and Ajax and Manchester United. It is written in the stars for us to play him. It is. Isn't it, Dan? It's, it's going to happen, isn't it? It's going to happen. And let's hope that we're not, well, let's hope we're smiling after we come off the pitch from him, man, because I don't want him to come back and haunt us. Um, but that's for sure. Obviously, Slavia Pride, listen, they, they dumped Leicester out. So they're obviously a good side. Yep. Um, they, they've got past Rangers now and they're, they're going to give, they're going to give it to us, aren't they? 110%. Of yep. course they are. But I'd say it's a kind draw. I didn't want Manchester United. I didn't want Ajax or Roma, if I'm honest with you. And I didn't want Unai Emery just yet. So I'm okay with that draw. Let's see what happens. Uh, Dan, I know we haven't got you for long, so I'm going to talk West Ham. Uh, mate, you must be smiling this season as well. Um, Last time we spoke, mate, I think it was the second game of the season. You come on here and <laughs> you just lost to Newcastle on the first game of the season. And you were like, we're going down. We're dreadful. <laughs> David Moyes has got no hope. We are dreadful. <laughs> and then, I think, do you know what I think it was? It was the Spurs comeback, the 3-3. Since then, your mentality has shifted. You're looking like mm. a different side. Even Jesse Lingard is playing well for you. Where's the credit got to come here? Is it the players? Is it the manager? Is it both? Yeah, I think it's both. And, you know, I need to go back and watch that video because you're right. It was doom and gloom. We'd sold um, Dean Garner, Noble Dunny's tweet. It was a horrendous time. Uh, so, I mean, I, honestly, I did think we was going down. Well, our season prediction had us 18th um, because of just, you wow. know, the, the, the running that we had with the, of the teams that we started. Obviously, we played you guys, didn't we? We had... Um, Liverpool, Man City, Wolves, Leicester, Tottenham. That was like after Newcastle, after run of fixtures. So I'm thinking, okay, so we're probably going to be bottom of the table when we come out of that. Morale is going to be an all-time low. The players are upset because we, they've sold a player against the manager and the team's wishes. So that's what I was like. And we played against Arsenal. And I came out of that thinking, like, we deserve to, you know, maybe win that game or at least get something out of the game. I was really aggrieved, but I thought, you know, that's just our luck. And then we go and we smash Leicester 3-0, smash Wolves 4-0, drew with Man City, um, obviously got the comeback for Tottenham. And then, again, went to Liverpool and felt like we should have got something. And then it's just been a, a, a mad season. But it's, it, all our signings have been spot on. You know, you're talking about Slavia Prague. You know, we got Suchek and uh, Sofa from Slavia Prague. And they have been excellent, like adapted to the Premier League immediately and have been two of our best players. So great signings. And then you've got um, the likes of Dawson, who's been a big surprise package. That was another one. Like, look, I've got a video and on our channel where I'm like, what are we doing? Why are we signing this player? Watford fans <laughs> are telling us it's their worst player. All it. the Watford fans were laughing at us. They were laughing their heads off. And I'm like, no, nah, like, what is this guy on about? And he has been flawless. He's been perfect. You know, apart from that own goal he scored against Man United, he's been a rock and he should feel aggrieved not to be uh, selected for the England side, especially over Eric Dyer for sure. Um, but yeah, Ben Rama and then Jesse Lingard in January. What a revelation that's been. Um, mm. So that's sort of given us where we look like, you know, we're going to have that little dip. He's just kept us going. And yeah, we, we've just been in that top four race consistently where people have expected us to, to fall, uh, fall away, drop away. We've been consistently in that hunt for top four and this game against Arsenal is is huge you know we're looking at this and as as a big win to keep us in that race so yeah you, I never thought usually it's the other way around you know with, when we play Arsenal usually it's like you guys are trying to chase top four and we're trying to maybe keep mid we're like mid table or down at the bottom and you guys need the win to be in the top four and it's us so it's, it's bizarre like none of us expected it but we're loving it yeah I bet you are and, and to be honest with you mate I mean mm. <laughs> Can you really lose this season now? Because the way I see it is you thought you were going to probably go down or escape relegation. It's looking like top four is, is on for you. I know it sounds silly, but this season anything can happen. And realistically, people would probably say no, but mathematically certainly looks like you can be in a top four race. If you don't make the top four, you might make Europe. If you don't make Europe, you're going to be in the top half. I mean, is it going to be a bad season, whatever now, Dan, or...? It'll be a massive disappointment if we don't get European football. A massive disappointment just based on how well we've played. The fact that we've been up there 
um, in around those positions for a long period of time. If we don't get it and we end up, you know, just outside of it, I'll be disappointed. I think the players will be massively disappointment, but disappointed. They they deserve it. They they want it, and the, you know the manager deserves uh, and the whole coaching staff. So yeah, for me, I want to at least get Europa League. Like next season, we we've got to be up there. And look, with the way we've played on form, we're we're probably one of the most informed teams. I think it's the second most informed team in 2021 behind Man City. So. When you look at at the form, we we haven't really dipped. We've been picking up points consistently. You know, the, I think the Man United game was our own demise. You know, the Moyes just got it wrong that day. So it weren't like we went to that game and just got smashed. And we're like, here we go. Um, you know, we're on the downside here. And you know, this game against Arsenal, this is going to show us, you know, what we can do and if we can stay in that race as long as we can keep doing our thing. You know, other teams around us have got European football to play and cups and that you know Chelsea are in the FA Cup they're in the Champions League Liverpool have got Champions League and um, I think they might be in the FA Cup still or not I can't remember but yeah so Man United um, you guys obviously if you guys were going to do a late top four challenge obviously you've still got that European football and you might decide Europa League is the way to go so we haven't got that we just need to take you know one game at a time we and, and just focus on on the league so I think that's an advantage for us. Yeah, I would agree. So if I'll come to you on that, because obviously West Ham have really impressed this season as far as mm. I'm concerned. And who would have thought that going into this game, we'd be like, you know what, maybe a draw is all right because West Ham are playing well this season. Um, what, what have you made of them this season? I've, I mean, as a, as a London rival, I'm a bit jelly, I'm not going to lie. Uh, and to see West Ham above us, I don't think that's happened since, and, and maybe um, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, mate. Uh, I don't think it's been since 2014. The last time we played you in a match where you were above us um, at this point of the season was in 2014, maybe, I don't know. And, and I'm, I think we won that game 2-1, but I'm not sure. So was that see- the um, one where Alex Song had the goal disallowed, yeah, I yes, believe? Yeah. I, yes. I, yeah. Boxing Day, Boxing Day bo- 2014. Yeah, just, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, um, I think there's something to be cognizant of where West Ham and I think also Manchester United are concerned. Two managers under fire, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, bottom of the league, about 15, bottom half of the table, about 15 months ago. Uh, Everyone wanted him fired. Uh, He was under intense pressure and stress. And, you know, United and the board stuck with him. And you could argue that even though you may wonder, well, how are they second this season? Because they haven't been that great. The table doesn't lie. And they are. And he also got them back to Champions League football in that season, climbed up the table somehow. David Moyes inherited an absolute mess at West Ham. I mean, the owners at the time, the fans protesting. I mean, it was a a complete debacle. Once again, West Ham going through this process of disgruntled fans and rightly so, um, a little bit of apathy perhaps from the ownership, not investing money properly, just a real disaster that he inherited. And then to see what he's done and, and, and the crap that was thrown his way as well and to handle that the way he did and to... Bring in a couple of astute signings. I mean, Suchek has been an absolute revelation. Oh, class. Outstanding. Um, Really great stuff. So that's why sometimes, and you and I, Dan, we haven't been Arteta out. We've been, we're going to criticise Arteta for our league performances and where we are in the league. And in the back of my mind, I use the West Ham and United experience to say, hold the mayo. Can he do this? And the proof will be in the pudding around October, November this year because he's going to get the summer. He's going to get the transfer window. He'll have a team that's completely built in his image and then we'll be able to truly judge him. And if we're still 10th in November, he cannot be Arsenal manager. So that's the part that gives me a little bit of hope. I mean, what West Ham have done this season, I know it's going to be disappointing if they don't make European football, but it's been nothing short of sensational in my opinion. And you talk about players that change energy in a team. Bruno Fernandes did it for Manchester United. And Jesse Lingard has given them that extra kick that they've needed in this final act. This new energy, a player who's hungry, wants to prove himself, had that goal to maybe get back into the England squad uh, for the Euros and stuff. So Moyes has been very smart and, and has handled this team really, really well. And I remember I was having a conversation with Tom from Guna Talk TV, and he said he would swap uh, West Ham's midfield for ours, uh, even Thomas Partey. 
And I found that a really interesting comment because I I, I could never see what Declan Rice was. You know, it's kind of like where someone introduces a family member to you and everyone falls in love with them. And you're like, God, there's something about them I just don't like. I can't put my finger mm-hmm. on it. And Declan Rice was that kind of player for me. But again, you know, you got to kind of admit where maybe you're wrong. And he really has come. He's such a important part of that squad. And another example of a young player who can take on the captain's armband, plays fearless football, and is uh, kind of their new noble, if you like. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I think they've done a brilliant job. We beat them 2-1. I think we rode our luck in that game down a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. They haven't, we have really good luck against West Ham. I think they've only won three of 24 against us at home. We have a really, mm. a really good record against them. And I think yeah. we've got the best record against them of any other team in the Premier League. Uh, honestly, yeah. it does my head in that uh, playing Arsenal. <laughs> the amount of times... <laughs> Like, you know, the amount of times where, you know, we play games and play games against Arsenal, play really well. We look like we should win. And somehow Arsenal just pull out the win. You know, the, the game at, at uh, um, I was going to say, Highbury, at Emirates last season, the, the last game before lockdown we played. Mm. That was another one where we we felt really aggrieved coming out of that game. Uh, mm. There's just several times we've played it. Obviously, there was a few, there's, there are, there has been games where Arsenal dominated it. But just so many times we'll play against Arsenal will do really well and somehow we end up losing the game. So that's why I really want to win this game. I want to win this game because I'm I'm so sick of it. I'm just absolutely sick of it. Not just for the top four, but yeah, I am sick of it. But, but Sophie, I think, made an interesting point about, obviously, Moyes and Arteta and obviously what, what Arteta needs to do next season. And it is funny because... You know, Moyes and Arteta sort of both took over the took their roles around about the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we was in a situation where I think we we finished sixteenth that see that that season after that, and then you guys finished eighth. But now, obviously, Moyes. So they've both been in the job same time, but now Moyes is obviously fifth and Arteta's tenth. And mm-hmm. it just it seems to me that Arteta has escaped. Quite a lot of criticism. I know he's had some thrown his not way, from but me. not for, from me or Sophie. Yeah. No, no, no. But for you a know why, Dan? Like it's because he won the FA Cup. It's because he won the FA mm. Cup. That's why. He's he's, it's, he's, it's, rid, he's ridden those love coupons yeah. for a while. Yeah. It's interesting, and we was talking on our channel about Arsenal because some of you know because West Ham fans to us, you know, the FA Cup that's a dream. That is an absolute dream. And what I was trying to explain to him is. We're, to Arsenal, the FA Cup, of course, it's great. It's a great trophy. But in the grand scheme of progressing the club, Champions League football does so much more for Arsenal in terms of getting you back to where you want to be mm-hmm. rather than winning that FA Cup. Because the Champions League football, it brings prestige. You're playing against the best teams in the world. You're attracting better players. More money is coming in the club. Kroenke might want to invest a little bit more. So it, it pushes you back to where you want to be. So... The FA Cup doesn't really do that. The FA Cup gives everyone a nice feel-good moment, um, gets you into Europa League, of course, but mm-hmm. that that's it. So that's why I think it's so much more important at this time to get that top four. You know what's interesting, Dan, is that um, is that we attracted players like Aubameyang, Lacazette, Thomas Partey, Gabriel, Kieran Tierney, who, who was playing Champions League football without Champions League football. So that tells you a little bit about the pedigree of Arsenal Football Club. It's still regarded as a top club to play for. I think sometimes mistake being a big club versus form in the Premier League. Manchester yeah. United and Arsenal lost legendary managers and fallen from grace. There's no doubt about it. And, and it shows you how hard it is to replace a long-term manager. I mean, yeah. look, it, it, it's not it's not easy, right? But you're right, and I would I would think that West Ham fans were a little disappointed with how Moyes. Maybe that was the blip for him this season in in how he handled the FA Cup because you guys could have, I think, made a charge in the FA Cup. And I I, I totally agree with your comparison that for us it's a lovely to win, and I love winning trophies. Um, but getting back to the Champions League because of the fiscal rewards, it, it's not that we can win it but we need the money in order to grow, like you said, and attract those other players. But the fact that we have been able to attract those players without Champions League football is incredible. Mm. 
It's you, and you're right. The approach and that approach brings me where well, you said with the FA Cup brings me into this game really because what annoyed me and it's the same we did against Man United before. I said we we, we treated that like that was the Sir Alex Ferguson Man United. You know he went out like that. Like we need to go and stick everyone behind the ball and and try and nick something. And that's really not the case. We've shown what we can do. And it's the same with you know Arsenal. I don't want us to turn up thinking we're playing the bloody Invincibles. You know, when we're running against Arsenal, yeah, we have to respect what Arsenal can do because even though you're 10th, you know, you have quality at- attacking players. Mm-hmm. OK, Bamiang has not been the Bamiang that we've seen in the past. You know, he's he's missed a lot of sitters and things like that. Oh, yeah. You've got other players, Saka's coming through the ranks. Lacazette, you know, he's fairly inconsistent, but he's shown on his day what, what he can do. And th- there are quality players there. So although we have to still, of course, respect Arsenal, just not pay too much respect in this game. That's what I don't want to see. And, and and I don't want to see Noble start either as much as I love him. Mm. Yeah, I think he's one of those players, Noble, that's just coming to the end of his career now. But he's so loved at the club um, that obviously when he plays, it's kind of a, oh, I don't really want to see him, but I love him type thing. And I, I get mm. that feeling because we've had that with some of our players uh, in the past. Trust me. Uh, Dan, before um, I kind of let you go, because I know you've got your other show on soon. Um, two things. Uh, I'm going to ask you for a prediction, but I'm going to quickly get your opinion on Arsenal this season and Mikel Arteta before you do that, mate, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I'm okay to stick around for an extra 10 minutes if you want, because oh, those, those guys will start kick things off and I'll just jump in as soon as I'm done. But um, yeah, no, Arsenal, it's, 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 been a bit, it's been a weird one um, this season because... It's been like that, and it? it's been up and down and up and down. You had that long period where you know you was on that that long run of losses, and you have to think that maybe if if there were fans in the stadium, the pressure would have got to Arteta to the point of maybe they they might have had to pull the trigger. I don't know. I've heard there a lot of talk has come out that the board are behind him, but we heard that about Unai Emery as well. Um, so it's just I don't understand. With, with Arsenal in terms of a lot of the fans say I can see the progression and I don't you guys watch Arsenal every week right I know you two said you, you're sort of criticised Arteta more than others but a lot of Arsenal fans I say I can see the progression I can see where we're going I can see what we're doing and I think have Arsenal really progressed from last season like are, are Arsenal better now not just in league table but are they better in, in any way than now than they were last season even the amount of goals scored and and, and stats like that, um, you know, and, and the decline of certain players. It's I I don't think Arteta is the man to take Arsenal. I think Arsenal is a top top quality manager. You know, a very a very high caliber manager. This is his first job in football, and I think the excite. I think the excitement with Arteta is a lot of fans are hoping that they've found this gem. You know, this is and 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 I think young managers. A lot of fans are, are very forgiving with young managers because they like the idea a lot of fans a lot of teams like the idea of having a young progressive manager mm-hmm. and I think that is where a lot of people fall into into the trap of feeling like maybe Arteta is better than he is because they want him to succeed because they want to have this 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 young manager that used to play for the club that hasn't managed anyone else and we've found this gem and I just don't think Arteta could one day be a top quality manager but I think he's going to have to do what everyone else does and he's going to go through a few clubs and things like that. I can't see him being the man that's here for like five years, 10 years or anything like that. And it's 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 one of those ones. I can't, you know, next season he has to get Arsenal back in the Champions League. You have to be in the Champions League next season for me. If he doesn't do that, and, and like like Sophie said, if you're around floating around 10th, you know, in, in, in October... He he has to go. You know, he said to Willian when he Willian when he signed Willian, Willian came out and said, "Yeah, no, Arteta told me we can win the Champions League in three years." Well, you're not in it for the first year, which means you've got to then get in it next year. So he's got to get in it. Then he's got to try and win it the year after. So it's yeah, I, like I said, I, it's it's a tough one for the fans. I do feel um, sorry for a lot of the fans where you've gone from these good times. And I do feel sorry, and I don't because we haven't had those good times. So I do like like <laughs> other fans, like you and Man United. I do think I do think it's a bit of a rite of passage. You've got to go through this. You've had all the good all the good times. So 
in a way, you've got to go through that. But yeah, I, I don't think he's the man. You'll so. always have that FA Cup against us in the 80s. You will, yes, mate. You yes. always have the uh, yeah. Last team at Highbury, first team at Emirates. We'll always yeah. have that as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? There is that, isn't it? There is that omen. Um, but Dan, this is why you and I get on, man, because we just we just speak real. We see what you, your eyes don't lie to you. And, and what you've said mm-hmm. there is what I've been saying all season. Yeah, none of this trust the process, which we've been trusting for 16 years, by the way, not 16 months. Uh, all this, we're making progress. We only lose 1-0 now, not 4-0. All this sort of rubbish that I keep coming up with. And somebody else who agrees, big up to Kenny, by the way. Kenny Ken's in the chat. Tell him, Dan Lawless, tell him. Top you're five. taking the words right out of my mouth. Me and Kenny are on the same wavelength for this, and I know that you get on with him well, Dan, uh, as yeah, well, Dan. Yeah, great but- guy. I look has, he has he fixed his internet? Has he fixed his internet? You know what he has? He's, he's has someone. He? Someone's paid for his Wi-Fi. I reckon. I offered to pay for it on your yeah. last time I was on your show. <laughs> That's what I was saying. But I, I look at it now and I think to myself, we are starting to uh, get results. So um, with Arteta, I know me and you're on the exact same wavelength in, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, wavelength. Sorry, in terms of uh, Arteta moving forward, we've got ourselves into the next round of the Europa League, albeit very scrappily last night. Um, we won the North London derby. We've put on a little bit of a running form, starting to see a little bit more of that style, which I started to see a few towards the festive period of some triangle passing, some high off the ball uh, pressure. And I saw it against Spurs in the North London derby. I thought Erdogan and Smith Rowe off the ball were sensational in terms of their running. Mm-hmm. <sighs> How We just need to see some consistency now, Soph, before I start getting excited. Am I right? No, 100% right. And, and uh, c- consistency has been our Achilles heel. I posted something earlier today where I said, we've got to bounce back from a really disappointing result last night. You can't beat Spurs and play like that in a North London derby and then lose at home to Olympia Goz, who aren't even as good as they were last year when they knocked us out. You know, And a couple of people jumped on me in the sense that, oh, you're so sensationalistic. It's like, wow, the acceptancy of mediocrity at Arsenal Football Club has become a pandemic in itself. And I think that we've sunk so low in the league that these itsy bitsy results here and there have become acceptable. But what's happened in this surge since January? You've had the introduction of a player like Martin Udegaard, who's a player that we've completely missed in that role. He's been really good and effective, does a lot of the things that maybe you don't see all the time, but the way he opens up spaces, his touches, um, he thinks two passes ahead. He's actually smarter sometimes than Aubameyang's runs. And I say that respectfully uh, because Aubameyang just hasn't been in the game this season. Uh, I also think we play better with Lacazette. I think Lacazette offers more, can hold the ball up better. Uh, I think that he integrates really well with Saka and ESR, has done well with Udegaard as well. We had missed Thomas Party in midfield. There's no doubt that a fully fit Thomas Party is going to be quite the player in the Premier League. He's operating on 60-65% of fitness right now, um, probably. Clearly, you can see he's not um, his real self. Uh, you know, he swapped and realised that you can't play Bellerin. He was, sque- he was squeezing square pegs in round holes earlier, trying to fit... And I would say some of his favourites kept playing Bellerin. He even made Mustafi captain in a game. He kept playing Kolasinac. You know, um, he was trying to do things and rely on these senior players that he quickly realised around December, these guys really don't work. And so here we introduce ESR more. Um, Saka comes of age even even more so. And the younger players, uh, Tierney's emergence in the team and his leadership. It's like we stole him from Celtic for 25 million. What a player. Um, but you hope that players like him and Partey aren't injury prone because you see what they do when they're in the squad. So, yes, have we made progress. Dan mentioned the league form table. I think Arsenal are in the top four of that since January. But the league starts in August. I don't want to hear this nonsense about since January, since December. The league starts in August and ends in May. The table never lies. And in the Premier League, we've been weak source. And he played weak source players. And I'm going to give him the benefit of this doubt, Dan. Every great manager builds a team in their image. Pep has done it at Barca, Bayern, City. Antonio Conte did it at Juventus and Chelsea. Klopp has done it at Dortmund and Liverpool. So I will give him the benefit of the doubt with this summer transfer window Build the team in your image completely. And like I said earlier, if we are still in the same position in the league in October, he's not the man for Arsenal. But Arsenal fans have every right to question whether or not he's the right man because sometimes 
his decisions, especially with subs and how he he's a bit like Wenger, makes them too late in games, doesn't change um, those games as played safe. And I would rather lose 4-0 to City and go for it than lose 1-0 and play like crap. That's just me. Uh, and you're spot on. I mean, go on, Dan. Sorry, mate. You're going to come no, I was going to say, fans, fans, obviously, a lot of the fans wanted Wenger out because Arsenal weren't challenging anymore. They weren't challenging for the league. They was just getting top four. And then you had these last season. He finished, I think, like fifth or something. And then Emery finished fifth. So... The, those expectations were there, and now the expectations just declining, declining. So, mm. you know, wanted our um, Wenger out. Okay, he's not. We're not challenging. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm happy with just getting fourth. And now, you're so miles far off from where Wenger ended. It's like the expectations of Arsenal fans are in the mud, and it's like you've got to realize it's. You know, if you're going to be a big club, you need big expectations. I'm hearing Spurs fans saying if. if you know, Jose wins the uh, Carabao Cup. They still want him sacked. You know, and your your expectation should be higher than Spurs fans. It's you like it's going to be a higher pressure job, and I think managers should come to this football club and be expected to perform and expected to do the job. Okay, it's not going to happen overnight, but look, if you're in the job for eighteen months, we, you want to see a bit of sign of progression, not just okay. So maybe we're conceding a couple of less goals. Okay, you're conceding less goals, but you're scoring less goals. That's not progression. That's just you've swapped out scoring for for conceding. You know, you're just swapping mm-hmm. that out. So you need to see progression in terms of we're getting a bit closer back to where we were. And like I, I just, I just don't see it. And I think the fans, like you guys, are need to have a um, expect a little bit more from. from I'm not. I'm sorry, I just, can I just jump in because someone's saying I'm comparing him to Pep and Klopp. That's not what I said. I'm comparing him to building a team in his image. And when Pep took over Barcelona, he he only managed the Barcelona B side. Antonio Conte, I believe, that was his first job managing Juventus. So I'm not comparing them because now we know what they've won. I'm saying. Every manager needs to build a team in his image. You could argue that Moyes has added that a little bit to West Ham this season. You could say Brendan Rodgers has done that for Leicester City. Um, Nuno at Wolves. You know, that's what I'm talking about, is you have to stamp your style, your authority, what it is, your philosophy is. And I don't think that's happened turnkey yet because he hasn't had all the players that he wants to add to that, Dan. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. And, and what you're saying is spot on because I hate this. Oh, Arteta hasn't got the players and he's not got the players to play like he wants yet. David Moyes and Brendan Rodgers and Carlo Ancelotti have not got better players than Arsenal. I'm sorry, but they haven't. And mm. I know Dan might disagree in some positions and certainly I would take three or four West Ham pla- uh, players 100%. But if you was to ask any West Ham, Leicester City or Everton fan, they would have Arsenal's squad any day over theirs. They'd take up Bamiangs and Lacazettes and Pepe's even. They'd happily have Thomas Party in their midfield bossing it with Gabriel behind them. Pablo Marie coming in. Kieran Tierney's one of the best left backs that we've seen in a long, long time, in my opinion. The goalkeeper, there's nothing wrong with him, although people keep crying about Martinez. He's still decent. Like, I look at this with Sackers oh. and Smith Rose and Martinelli's. Do we really think that that team is not good enough to be better than 10th in the league? That's the way that, I see that, it. That's, that's the criminal thing as well. With the attacking players you've got, the fact that you guys have struggled to score goals, on, 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 on you know, especially obviously you went through that period and now you've scored a little bit more than you were before, but not to not to the level what you'd expect with that attack. And that's the that's the criminal part of it. You, the players, the team you have are better than tenth in the league. Exactly Absolutely. That. And and do you know what it is as well, Dan? I was going to say this. We are the what if FC, and we always have been. What if we didn't move to the Emirates? What if David Dean didn't leave Arsenal? What if Eduardo wouldn't have broken his leg that year? We might have won the league. What? And this year, it's what if we would have taken our chances? <laughs> or what if we wouldn't yeah. have got red cards in games? What if VAR would have been on our side? All this absolute nonsense I hear. We are not playing well enough. I'm sorry, we're not. And last night, again, we didn't play well enough. Now, we have been better against... Tottenham and against Olympiacos, I thought we were uh, exceptional in the first leg of that and the North London derby. We just need to see a consistent run of games now and then I'll start to see, oh, there's starting to be a little bit more progression. But while we're sitting 10th in the league, I'm not going to get excited by any means and I don't think I should do because for whatever Manchester United result we have at Old Trafford, there's a 3-0 spanking against Villa at the Emirates. For every time we beat Chelsea, we'll lose to Burnley at home. And for every time we go and beat Tottenham, 
we could go into the West Ham game and get spanked three, three, two or three one. We could do. That's just the way that we play at the moment. And I know that you expect you'd love to see that, Dan. Trust me, that could happen with this Arsenal side. We are not to be trusted, in my opinion. And we're starting to see a little bit better progression and some of our plays a lot better than it has been of late. I'm starting to get excited so by Sackers and and, and uh, Smith-Rose and Erdegaards. Of course, Great. we're starting to play a bit better. But so far, I get worried when I see Aubameyang's and Lacazette's lack of form of late. I mean, Lacazette against Spurs, people said he played well. I didn't feel like he did. Um, and Aubameyang last night, I mean, not just the lack of quality, but the lack of being interested in the game. I just, I, I don't know if, if the weekend's affected him still so for what? He's very apathetic this season, isn't he? Ever since he signed the ting, he hasn't really done anything. Uh, if, if we're going to be honest, <laughs> he's, he's been lackluster and he's a shadow of the player from the two previous seasons. His goals along with Leno saves, saved us. Those two players were our best players in, in those seasons. And, you know, he almost won the golden boot twice. His regression is unbelievable and mind-boggling. And it worries me a little bit because his attitude is what started his demise at Dortmund, his productivity on the pitch. I know that his mum wasn't well and he had that to deal with. Nobody has no, – that is a very um, difficult thing to deal with. The club were very supportive and, and patient with him on that front, as they should be. But his bad form has been from the get-go. It's not just from the time of that moment. And it has been shocking. And a lot of people started yelling, playing down the middle. Why isn't he playing down the middle? Well, hold on a second. Two previous seasons, he almost won the golden boot playing on the left. Let's not make excuses. We also are excuse FC as well as what is yeah. FC. Lacazette does more off the ball than people appreciate. I'm not saying he's Bobby Firmino, but he is our Bobby Firmino. The way he's able to hold the ball up, interact with um, the midfield and then the forward line, he creates spaces. He's a very smart footballer, but he doesn't score enough goals. And that's where he that's where the criticism comes in um, from Arsenal fans as that number nine. So I think Arsenal need a striker this season. Um, if it's not going to be Martinelli, we're hearing rumours that Martinelli's being groomed um, to take on that striker role. I would love to see that. But he's also unproven. It's like when Wenger turned on Ri um, from that, you know, a winger position to 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 playing the striker. But I would go out. You and I have talked about Marcus Turam, a player that we mm. love. He's got that mix of righty. He's got Kevin's thighs. I mean, he's just like a baller, you know. We even talked on our show about having someone like Lukaku who's going to intimidate people in the tunnel from the get-go. His game has elevated tenfold at Inter Milan. Lost weight, works harder as a grafter. Um, again, holds the ball up well, really strong. We don't have that aerial threat, yet we've passed the ball into the box with crosses 600-plus times, and there's no one really on the end of it to header it. Gabriel has made that happen in the last couple of games. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's been our Achilles heel all season, scoring goals, missing chances. And Aubameyang, for me, I would bench him. I wouldn't have started him against Olympiagos. I would have carried on. You, you can't turn up late for a North London derby, mate. As captain, you can't turn late. Mm. Turn up late for any game. That, to me, is, and I might piss people off right now, but it is more unforgivable than Xhaka wearing the captain's armband and taking the shirt off and throwing it. Because, you know what, in that moment, in that cauldron, it was a mess at Arsenal. He was set up for failure and Jack has made mistakes, yes, but he was put in a position and Emery was to blame a lot for that too. And here we are, you're captain and you can't turn up on time for the North London derby against Spurs. And what are you, what, it's, it's just disgusting to me. I'm, I'm so put off by him by that. And the fact that he sped off in his flash car after and didn't do the warm down with the rest of the squad even worse. So he's on a timeout for me right now, to be honest. Could you imagine Vieira doing that? Honestly? <laughs> I mean, any other player doing that? I don't, I don't get it. You just can't behave that way. And I think if I was Arteta, I would have shown a little bit more um, balls here and kept him on the bench, kept Lacazette up front and not played him in the, in the Europa League game. Make him earn it. He hasn't earned it this season. Yeah, listen, so if I couldn't have said it better myself, I think that the Aubameyang situation has been a frustrating one. I didn't like Mikel Arteta for coming out and saying it. I thought it could have been dealt with a little bit better, but I totally agreed with his decision to drop him. I thought it was uh, I, I, it just inexcusable to turn up late to, to any game, let alone that game. Um, and like you say, 
to drive off and not be interested. Um, there's been no come out apology. There's been no, you know, I've got this wrong. I've had some stuff going on. It won't happen again. Nothing like that. It's all just been shoved under the carpet as far as he's concerned and moved on. And he plays again on first, last night. And I thought he was shocking. Absolutely shocking. So who knows what's going to happen with him? Uh, Dan Lawless, I've got a question for you, sir. Aslan Khan is asking, Dan Lawless, if you could sign one Arsenal player, who would you want? I know I asked you last time, and Aubameyang, I think, was mentioned. Uh, a couple of players mm. I think you went yeah. for. Who would you, who would you go for, mate? Oh, that's a tough one. You put me right off Aubameyang right now, honestly. But uh, <laughs> no, to, I, to be fair, like it's it would have to be um, it'd have to be a strike. It'd have to be a forward player because that's what we need. We need someone to be able in that position. And I mean, Saka looks promising. I'd be very interested to see if he can break the sort of Arsenal academy curse where they start out brightly and they look like they're going to be the next thing, and then they it, they just don't quite make it on form now. From what I've seen. I would say, I'd say Saka, you know, like I said, and Aubameyang, he hasn't done it this season. Like I said earlier on, I said him, but, you know, I, I, so I, I'd, I'd probably go with a young, hungry player like Saka, I'd say. Fair play. So for same person, same question for both of us, Dan and Sophie, if you could sign one West Ham player, who would you want? I, I don't know about you, Sophie, but for me, the obvious choice is Thomas Suchek. I would go for Thomas Suchek next to Thomas Party. Can you imagine the two Thomases killing it? I would take that all day long. We agree on that 100%. TT, Thomas plus Thomas equals party, 100%. Uh, but we're not <laughs> going to do a swap deal with you, Dan. Not for Saka. He's not for sale at any price. <laughs> Get about it. Right. Yeah, no way, listen, we could just go straight to Slavia Prague, take a few more players. They're easy. <laughs> so we'll get, get another one. You have Thomas, you'll have Suchek. We'll just go and get another one. <laughs> do, do you know what? Do you know what? You, you, your recruitment, I must admit, Fair play to you. That that is class because that Sufal has been really good as well. Obviously, Suchek has been yeah. top draw, so it would be Suchek for me. Dan, before we let you go, what's the prediction for the weekend, mate? What do you reckon the score is going to be, bud? Never, never know what to expect from this game. Never, never know. But home form has been brilliant this season. We've been very good at home. Um, we've got Jesse Lingard back and I think he's going to be very hungry. The fact that he had to sit out the last game and we lost and I think he's going to be chomping at the bit to get back. So I say 2-1 and I think Jesse Lingard is going to be busting out some dance moves. Maybe a Suchek set piece because we are the set piece killers and then a Jesse Lingard uh, counter-attack goal. And we will, uh, yeah, I think we'll get uh, finally get the win that we deserve. So, but you never know. But that's what I'm hoping for. Um, as long as we don't do what we did against Man United, if we do what we did against Man United and we lose, I'll be fuming. I'll be fuming. I don't care what David Moyes has done up to this point. He will not escape my wrath. But I'm sure he won't. We're going to win. <laughs> Very optimistic. Uh, Dan, absolute. Um... Pleasure having you on, as always, mate. Um, where can people follow you? And for the West Ham fans listening, if there is anyone, how, how can they come and watch you now, mate? Yeah, so at The Lawless, T-H-E-L-A-W-L-E-S-S on Twitter, West Ham Fan TV or on everything else. We'll be doing a watch along for the West Ham Arsenal games. So if you're a West Ham fan, Arsenal fan or whatever you want to watch and, and see our emotions and me being a bag of nerves, then uh, come and join us on the day on on the uh, West Ham Fan TV YouTube channel. Great stuff. Dan, always a pleasure having you on. Welcome back anytime, mate. You take care. And obviously, I hope you lose tomorrow. But, uh, sorry, Sunday, but I hope you have a good weekend, man. Great to <laughs> you, Dan. Cheers. Pleasure meeting you, Sophie. And have, a, have a good rest of the show. You on the Highbury squad sometime soon. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, it'd be a pleasure anytime. And um, yeah, it'll be good to come back and chat to you again, Dan, as well, sometime soon. Legend, Dan. You take care, man. Take it easy, buddy. <laughs> uh, that Lord is there. Very cool. He is a very cool guy. He's been on a few times and um, he will always be quite real when it comes to talking anything about football, not just West Ham and also Arsenal. But so far, I wanted to speak to you for the last few minutes because if the rumours are true about there being a fallout with Aubameyang, if the situation is true about Lacazette potentially not signing, it looks like he could be off in the summer. Eddie and Ketia still not really favoured at the moment. Can't get a look into the team. Balogun. Doesn't look like he's going to stay. He's probably going to go for nothing in the summer. Could we be left in a situation, Sophie, where we have no strikers left at the club in the summer? Is that actually going to happen, potentially? Well, it's Arsenal Football Club. Anything's possible. (laughs) We've seen, you know, I mean, we've had to give away players this year, Dan. 
I mean, players, we, we gave away players for nothing. They left for nothing. I mean, it's embarrassing, you know, but I do believe they have a plan for this transfer window in the summer. I do believe they have an idea of the type of team that they want to build. And it might be in, in order for Arsenal to really move on, Dan, is to turn, turn things and turn a new page and a new chapter. From even the Alakazets, and I think we're stuck with the Bamiyang for mm. another couple of seasons. Now I say stuck with loosely because I still think he can be a great player, but he needs to overcome himself and his own attitude in order um, to to kind of you know regain his form. And I saw someone in chat ask, "Hand on our heart, would we have still backed Arteta with that decision had we lost against Spurs?" One hundred percent. No player is bigger than the club. No player is bigger than Arsenal Football Club. Thierry Henry wasn't. Tony Adams wasn't. Dennis Bergkamp wasn't. What they did, they became legends of the club. And in true Tony Adams style, they played for the badge on the front and they were remembered for the name on the back. And Aubameyang needs a little bit of humbling, I think. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Lacazette's an asset. We could actually get maybe 25 million for him. You know, I, uh, Emmy Martinez was an asset. We had to get rid of him. We need the money. You've seen the numbers. It's not easy right now, especially in a COVID world. So maybe Balogun stays if he knows that Lacazette's going. Maybe he, you know, he's got an agent that's really in his ear. Arteta kind of alluded to that too. Um, but also with Martinelli's emergence, hopefully that will change. But he's injury prone, so we have to have backup. I've always said we need to go out and get another striker, Dan. The good thing lately is that we're getting goals outside of Aubameyang and Lacazette. You know, you got mm. Gabriel and his aerial threat. You've got Udegaard now who likes to take a shot. You know, you've got um, the ability to do that, and we've lacked that a little bit. But we need a striker. We need a right back. We need a cover at left back for Tierney. Um, we need a partner for Thomas Party, and I would even say we need another CB um, just to just to be sure. So there's a lot of work to do still for this team. A lot of work. There is a lot of work, and obviously the transfer window in the summer is going to be absolutely huge. You know, whoever's our manager, wherever we finish, the summer's going to be huge. And it doesn't matter whether we win the Europa League, we don't win it, we come absolutely miles behind in the league. We still need a huge summer, and. Mm-hmm. The players you're talking about there are spot on. We need a backup for Kieran Tierney at left back. We need a right back. We need a centre back to partner Gabriel. We need a partner for Thomas Party. We need a creative midfielder in front of him, in my opinion. And we need a centre forward that is better on an upgrade on Lacazette. And we can talk about Marcus Turam and Edouard to be that player. We can talk about Hussein Awaz and Buendeas mm-hmm. and Bissoumas from Brighton. The reality is, how much money have we got to spend? I don't know this is the answer. I really don't. And I think we are in a situation where we do have to sell before we buy because we've got Torreira and Guendouzi. There's rumours about Elneny and Chambers leaving. Obviously, Lacazette and Bellerin look like they could be off. That's six players already. You've got Kalasanac, who I hope doesn't have to come back, and we can find a club for. That's seven. So that's seven players that hopefully we can get out the club there that have just rolled off the tongue. That's without yeah. delving deep into the uh, loans did, and did stuff Did you mention like that. Willock and Reese Nelson, Willock? There we go. So um, we're looking at loans yeah. potentially or even mm-hmm. players to sell there as well. Eddie Nketiah, what's going to happen with him? We don't know if he's going to stay as a kind of third choice or if he's going to go and get a new contract to Arsenal and then go out on loan for a couple of seasons. There's a lot to do. There's, there's massive surgery, of course, but it doesn't stop my thinking that this team still shouldn't be 10th in the league currently. So let's hope we don't stay yeah. there. Um, if it does get to the stage, though, so if where Aubameyang is not happy, um, I think he's going to stay whatever. I watched the open mic of Kieran Tierney after the North London derby, and that shouts out, I am your captain. As soon as I saw it, I loved it. This guy's my favourite player, and everyone starting in the chat will probably start taking the mick because I always go on about how much I love him. But this guy is by far my favourite player, and the reason is not just his quality, it's his mentality. In fact, it's more than just... It's actually his mentality I love more than his quality. Um, the passion, the fight, the desire. Without Aubameyang, this guy looks like the leader and the captain on that pitch. He's bossing David Luiz around. He's telling Gabriel when to go up. He's talking to Thomas Partey, saying, concentrate, concentrate. And he's screaming at the strikers, saying, we've got to take our chances. How many chances do you need? That is what I want to see from everybody on the pitch. And I'm getting it from a 23-year-old legendary left-back that I think will be one of the best we've seen in the shirt. This guy's got to be our captain, so. When I go to bed at night, I pray for all of my family and friends to be health, healthy, happy, safe. And then I pray for the fitness of Kieran Tierney and Bukayo Saka. 
And I say that jokingly too, but it's so true. He has become the most important player for this team. Saka is too, but Tierney is the engine and the driver for everything. Think about how much of our play comes from where he starts. You know, think about how many crosses he puts into the box and sometimes they're futile because nobody's there. He's, you've put it brilliantly. I don't even need to repeat it because what you just said is absolutely bang on and spot. And I think he's ready to take on the armband. I would personally, to show everyone who's boss at Arsenal, if I was Arteta, and people say, oh, don't do that in the middle of the season. It would disrupt the... Xhaka was stripped of the captaincy when he did that. Nobody had a problem with it. Obama Yang should have been stripped of the captaincy after the North London derby. You're going to take, we're going to take the burden off you. You don't need to worry about being Arsenal captain. We're just, we just want you to score goals, right? But in the summer, he has, he's not, he's not the captain. He's not the leader. And people say, oh, who cares about captain anyway? <laughs> it's very important. It's an important role off the pitch and on the pitch. It gives the team an identity and it gives the team a sense of, you know, he can bring on other leaders. He can help other players grow. I think Saka's grown playing with Tierney. I think ESR's grown. This young crop of players, they're the future of Arsenal Football Club. Arteta, Build, don't keep relying on the senior players who keep letting you down, you know. And for me, Kieran Tierney, he's boss, 100%, and could easily take on the armband right now. And he cares. He shows that he cares. And there's a big difference. I love him, and I want to see it happen next season, whatever. I don't care if Aubameyang's here or not. Lastly, so before we go um, and get your predictions, I want to talk about Martinelli because he did come on last night for 10 minutes. We have seen it before in the Europa League against Benfica where he came on for 10 minutes and wasn't very impressive. Last night, I thought he played very well when he came on. He looked lively. Are we going to start to see him regularly now, do we think? I think that we've been really smart with managing him. I think that, you know, clearly he's recovering from a, a, a bad injury. We've seen how that's been for Bellerin. We saw how that was for Rob Holding. Uh, we don't want to rush him back. But this this kid comes out and plays like he's a caged animal. The hunger in his eyes is unbelievable. The tenacity that he has is incredible. And in 10 minutes, he created this energy and this shift and this change um, that was really just impressive. I'm hoping that the stories and Kev was talking about this on the show last night too, about how, you know, they're working with him uh, in, in terms of this, this striker role. I think that he's fantastic. He's talented. Eight million um, that we paid for him. One of the steel deals uh, in the last 10 years of Arsenal Football Club. Hope that he stays injury free, Dan. He's a very special player. And I hope that we utilize him in the right way. Now is the time. We cannot afford to miss this moment with these players. Saka, ESR, Tierney, Martinelli, Gabriel, Thomas Partey. Do not screw this up. We've done it in the past. You know, we had Sanchez, Cazola, Ozil, but we never really built around those players. We never went and got the defensive midfielder, the centre-back. We have to capitalise on these players, Dan. And if we don't, shame on us. Uh, hopefully, history won't repeat itself. And hopefully now we've got the right manager and uh, in a do in place to at least give it a go the summer will tell us a lot about where this team's going absolutely 100 spot on sophie uh prediction for the weekend before i let you go uh prediction for the weekend i'm gonna say two two i fancy a draw I think West Ham are going to be reeling after the 2-1 loss uh, earlier in the season. Uh, I think that, you know, we're coming off a negative result against Olympia Goz. They're coming off a negative result against Manchester United. I fancy a draw, 2-2. I'm going to go 1-1. I don't fancy three points, unfortunately. I think West Ham are going to come at us very, very hard, and I think it's going to be difficult. So I'm going to go for a 1-1. Um, Sophie, you're heading over to Harby Squad now. Yes, How can everyone I got follow a run. you over there? Yeah. Thank you very much. Come join us at the Highbury Squad. I'm uh, going to go on air in literally one minute as soon as I hang up from Dan. And you can follow us at Highbury Squad on um, Twitter. And uh, thanks for having me once again. Always enjoy talking football with you, Dan, and really enjoyed um, the comments uh, from the chat room as well. So thank you very much. Sophie, thank you. We will let you go because I know you've got a shoot Thanks, mate. Off. You take care, Soph. See you thank later. You. Bye-bye. Guys, 208 of you in the chat, please all like the video, all subscribe if you haven't done so already. And please go enjoy uh, Hybrid Squad. Go and speak to Sophie and Casey and Amanda. And 
We'll talk all things Arsenal. We'll be back on Monday night where hopefully we have got three points against West Ham. Fingers crossed. Until then, take care and up the Arsenal. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.